Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia. And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Startup the Science. Today, we have an exciting episode for you with the founder and CEO of Graphinist. His name is Vitor Abrantes. And if you couldn't guess by the name of their startup, they work in graphene. They have a groundbreaking technology that mass produces high quality graphene. We got to know Graphinist through our 2017 AdmaCom program, which was the year before Antonia and I actually joined Enum, but they've been such an important part of our network and we're so happy to have them. The team is exceptional, not just Vitor, but Bruno and Zhao. We've seen these guys at different events. So big shout out to them. They've been steadily growing the past few years, but I won't spoil their story. So go ahead and have a listen. This is Vitor, Antonia and I talking about Graphinist. Enjoy. Hi, Vitor, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We'd love to find out more about Graphnest and also to learn a little bit more uh, what graphene is. So when we think about graphene, I think many of us think of this magic new material that can do so many things. It's very light, very strong, but also very thin. It can conduct electricity. It can do all these things while being transparent. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? strange, remarkable new material? Uh, sure. Uh, actually, graphene was uh, discovered 16 years ago, or it was first isolated 16 years ago. It was theorized in the 60s, but until uh, Andrew Game and Konstantin Novoselov first isolated the, the material, uh, they proved that graphene was possible to exist in the natural environment and uh, was created uh, is a natural resource extracted from the graphite. I can explain a little more what graphene is. Basically, imagine a stack of uh, paper as a, a piece of graphite, and uh, graphene is only one sheet of the, this uh, paper. The big uh, difference is, uh, is 3 million times smaller than a piece of paper or more thinner than a piece of paper uh, because it's only constituted by carbon atoms with a hexagonal geometry. All the six lattice are constituted by, by carbon atoms. So it paved the way for the two-dimensional materials because uh, electrons uh, can only go on the XY direction. So through the, the surface of this uh, graphene sheet. So after that, a lot of research start to appear, a lot of reports on the properties, on the, the potential of this material and uh, how revolutionary can be for the next generation of our products and the society in every part of the... In every area. In because it, it can have so many different applications, right? Yeah. Because people talk about graphene, I think, the way they talk about plastics in, in this very generic way. But um, we know that scientists are working on many different kinds of graphene-based materials. 
So can you tell us a little bit what are the different kinds of graphene? Well, there are actually there are a lot of uh, different graphene materials. The last report from uh, the graphene fl flagship is the biggest uh, research worldwide uh, in any area. Uh, is a 1.5 billion euros funding for exclusively for graphene, and uh, they reported uh, there are 6,000 different uh, graphene materials from uh, grades to number of layers to functionalization. So we have graphene nanoplatelets, graphene oxide, reduced graphene oxide, and uh, in between you have not only the number of layers that are connected to the quality, so single layers, two layers, multi-layer, few layers represent the grade, the grade of the, the material, because uh, the lower the number of layers, uh, suppose better properties on the electronics, uh, on the conductivity, uh, either heat or, or electrical, the transparency, the mechanical properties. So in in the in this case, the, the relationship, as I said, uh, graphene was uh, the first uh, two-dimensional material to be discovered, very similar to, to plastics in some sort, because there are thousands also uh, of uh, plastics. I just have a question on this idea of two-dimensional material. I mean, maybe it sounds really obvious for people in the field what that is, but what exactly is a two-dimensional material? Does it simply mean, as you described before, that we go to this very tiny, tiny layer, like 30 million thinner than a piece of paper, and that's why it's two-dimensional? What does that exactly mean? It's actually what I said before regarding, so there are one-dimensional materials like fullerenes, two-dimensional materials like graphene, and three-dimensional materials like plastics. And <laughs> most of our, the materials we have right now are two-dimensional materials. The big difference with the, the two-dimensional materials on the uh, more research on the more fundamental way uh, or scientific way is uh, about the, the way the electrons can move in the material. So in the graphene, because it's, uh, it behaves like a, a sheet of paper, the flow and the path of the electrons can only be made on the X and Y axis. In normal materials like plastics or metals, they can go on the, on the three directions. So plus the, the Z, Z direction. So that's why the, the big difference. And there are one dimensional materials that uh, can only uh, move in one direction. So that would be an, an unusual way, right? An unusual electronic property that graphene then has um, compared to other materials, right? How, how can we imagine that being applied in different industries? What can we do with this property? Well, the, the electronics properties are uh, extraordinary because uh, right now on the digital electronic age that we are uh, if we discovered uh, 60 years ago the gra graphene will not be so fundamental for our society as is today because uh, uh, right now everyone has a smartphone everyone has a computer everyone has access to internet, banking, uh, everything are connected. Uh, and uh, for that, uh, we need uh, electronics and uh, the electronic properties or the, the conductivity is one important factor to, to quickly connect people and connect the, the devices. So the fundamental properties on the graphene is uh, can be 
four times more conductive than copper. But if you join the other properties, like uh, the tiniest or the smallest material that exists, the lightest material that uh, was discovered today, and uh, start uh, uh, placing into the device we use every day, you can uh, uh, see in the near future products like uh, flexible printable electronics or flexible foldable smartphones that until now was not possible because the current materials we use on our touch screens, for instance, are the rigid materials that uh, are not feasible to bend and fold uh, because they will break. <laughs> That's the is the properties all together that makes uh, the graphene so amazing for the the next generation products. So we can imagine uh, completely different screens and very, very upgraded uh, devices than what we have now because of the very special properties that graphene has, such as being very flexible, bendable, that's part of the flexibility, right? It's also transparent or almost transparent, and it conducts electricity way better than other materials. So it sounds really good, and it also sounds like the the core material that is made of, it's, it's quite available, right? So what is so difficult about making graphene? How do we make graphene? Well, there are also a few ways, uh, actually a dozen ways, or more to produce uh, the graphene from the first uh, way that was the Scott, scotch tape method. When anyone Googles it, will find the, the... What's that? Basically, you pick up a piece of uh, graphite and uh, with a scotch tape uh, that you have in your desk, you just uh, take a little piece, just stick to the, to the graphite, take it off and uh, after that you fold it uh, over and over again until you reach. And I get to a very thin layer. Exactly. That's how they find it, is the, the mechanical uh, mechanical way. But uh, from a chemical process to more advanced like a CVD, chemical vapor deposition, uh, where you have uh, a gas that contains carbon and you deposit and structure the graphene atom by atom on the uh, on the metal sur uh, substrate. There are a dozen ways. We are on the halfway. We produce on the liquid phase exfoliation method. Well, is a, a green method uh, to produce uh, the graphene. We use mechanical and uh, chemical method to, to obtain and exfoliate the, the graphite to the nanoscale level. Okay, so it started with uh, the scotch tape method. Just for clarity, when you say graphite, are we referring to like pencils? Did someone take a pencil and put that on a scotch tape or how did it work? You can do that, but what the researchers did was a more fancy kind of graphite. It's called the uh, highly ordered pyrolytic graphite. Slightly fancier than a pencil, okay. So it's more, more fancy and expensive, of course, but uh, it was for research purpose. But uh, today, any graphite, uh, both synthetic base or from a natural source, are used to produce uh, the graphene. So now that we have the basics covered, could you tell us a little bit more about what Graphenes does and what makes you stand out from a crowd? So Graphenes is a nanotechnology company, as you could uh, notice. And what we do, we are a man manufacturer of the custom graphene materials and provider of a turnkey solution that we call EPIC. Well, to license the, the technology and our proprietary technology that we call Nanosonic and also the formulations 
that we develop and continue developing to harvest this material into intermediate products and help the industry integrate, incorporate inside of their production line. So regarding the, our innovation, so we were founded in 2015, but uh, I started together with uh, Bruno and Rui, the other founders in 2013, just by curiosity on the properties of graphene, the potential on the specifically on the batteries. There was a, a lot of hype early in the in the in the research regarding uh, graphene be, to be able to charge or a battery with graphene to be able to charge in a few seconds and have three, four, five times the, the capacity comparing to what we have currently on our laptops, smartphones, everything. Because we were students, we are taking, I was taking my master in materials engineering and both Brunan Rui chemical engineering, PhD and master. So when we tried to buy a one gram of graphene, we found out the price was ridiculous. We are talking about 200 to 250 euros per gram in 2013 because we didn't have the resources to buy it. We started making research on how to produce on the lab. And what we did was replicating a lot of these methods to produce the, the material on the lab from uh, Amherst method to obtain uh, graphene oxide and then reduce it uh, to even using a blender, uh, a kitchen washing to, to making the exfoliation. And what we find out uh, was uh, too expensive uh, to produce, to clean, and uh, it was not efficient because uh, by uh, using uh, strong acids and strong uh, oxidants, uh, you start losing properties on the, on the materials, specifically the electronic or the electrical conductive properties because uh, you start introducing a lot of defects. So we start coming up with a, a more, with a, an, a concept early concept of this the, our technology that we call na now nanosonic and well we expose ourselves and propose basically validate this technology and we raise the seed investment from portugal ventures and that's how we were born in 2015 to validate make the the first real lab scale prototype that we did in 2016 and right now well there are a lot of things that happen between then and now but we already reached the full validation we are piloting actually the technology at industrial scale and things are going are going well on our side that's great but one question is still looming for me. You started Graphinist by making DIY graphene. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> it was initially, right? Yeah, you can find it on the YouTube. There are a lot of do-it-yourself uh, graphene methods uh, that you can do in, in your kitchen. Some of them is not recommended because it uh, can require some uh, chemistry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this is what we're all doing now during Corona times. We're going to all try to make graphene. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you started in 2015 by experimenting in your different kitchens with different types of graphene <laughs> and the lab. And we know that you've you've made a lot of progress because we're very proud of you. And we've also tried to support you as much as we could along the way. And we know that you've now opened your own production facility and that's very exciting and maybe you can tell us a little bit of more um, a little bit more about that right because there are a lot of graphene startups out there but not all of them or most of them don't have their own facility where they actually make graphene at scale so can you tell us a bit about that sure actually our facility we just uh, finished early january so we start producing the first batches a few weeks ago let's uh, a few weeks ago and start uh, exporting internationally to few of our clients but uh, specifically uh, regarding the technology is uh, in comparison with uh, the do-it-yourself kind of methods and uh, the other competitors is about first the efficiency of the system how much uh, percentage uh, of the graphite is converted to graphene in terms of uh, its grade what percentage do you convert just out of curiosity what's a good percentage right now we are obtaining 75 percent conversion on the graphene that in comparison uh, we are talking about uh, between 25 to 40 percent higher than uh, the normal technologies or the normal methods that uh, are currently in the market. And on top of of that, because we don't use harmful chemicals and we can recover these materials, so we can separate the graphene from the other chemicals. In this case, we use uh, solvents, uh, organic solvents to to produce material. And we can, after we produce the graphene, we separate by grades uh, the graphene and we recover the organic solvents and the micromized graphite that was not converted into graphene and reuse it again on the production. And with all, both of these uh, innovations, we are able to produce it on the cost-efficient level. You mentioned earlier when we talked about graphene in general, some of the potential applications of it. But who are at the moment, what what type of clients do you have? Who are the buyers of graphene at the moment and what do they do with it once they buy it? 98, 99% of our clients, uh, we are on the confidential agreement kind of collaboration. But uh, we are talking about from uh, electronics companies, uh, automotive, uh, aerospace, packaging. So pretty much anything. <laughs> uh, not, not anything, but is uh, on the uh, major markets, medical devices. We are because inside of an industry like automotive, we are talking about multiple verticals inside of uh, batteries, plastics, structural components. We are talking about uh, electronics. We are talking about uh, sensors. There are a lot of uh, sub segments inside of uh, any of the, the three major markets we are focused on that of course they converge a lot of applications with that too, or specific applications on automotive can be applied to aerospace of course with different uh, uh, compliance and requirements but uh, are the same kind of uh, uh, application so basically graphenis can be everywhere and that is great to hear i'm so happy that you guys have been growing so quickly you have your facility now it's amazing. Of course, right now things aren't moving forward as we'd like them to, thanks to Corona. But I would like to know what's in store in the future for Graphinist. At least in a ideal future, what do you see for Graphinist? Well, that's a great question. In the ideal future, 
let me separate into time frames. So on the short short term, my goal and uh, our company goals are to showcase and uh, have uh, early adoption as well as continue establishing the partnerships at industrial scale to evaluate our materials and help the industry to incorporate the material. And at the long term, that is a consequence of this first goal, is uh, to see every major factory out there to have our technology incorporated inside or nearby the factory to supply the required materials to go in, in, into the supply chain. Pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can say so. Part of our business model is not just to grow in one location, it's actually licensing the technology. So the IP, we build the equipment, install and put our experts, our employees inside of the, the factory, producing the material and controlling the quality for our customers. So implement the technology directly on our supply chain. That's one of our innovations because that way we don't need to grow in the one single space. And with that, we don't have, the, will not have the logistic problems because graphite is everywhere. Right now we have the 16 suppliers of graphite worldwide from China to Canada, Brazil, Mozambique in Africa. Uh, Sri Lanka, Sweden. So for, for each customer, we can uh, select and work with them to select exactly the, the solution they require. As I said before, if, if we use a graphite like uh, the, what we use in the pencil, we'll obtain a, a certain uh, quality of uh, the graphene. But if we use a more higher quality graphite, like the highly ordered pyrolytic graphite, we will obtain a different quality of the, the graphene that can be applied to different applications, like the electronics. So this is the reason why you have so many different suppliers of graphite? Exactly. Right, so that you can find, depending on the application and the customer's needs, you can find the right graphite first that you can then convert into a graphene with certain properties. Yeah, we already made portfolio, let's say. We already tested and validated most of these graphites. And as we move forward with these partnerships, we select select the best graphite, taking into account not only the, the requirements, the properties that the customer has, but also the financial, because the, the cost is also one of the, the main concerns for, for customers. Ultimately, what we can bring to the market is a, a range of prices from 5 euros per kilogram to 1,000 euros per kilogram. So the one that we would make in our kitchen would be more in the $5 range, maybe. <laughs> you can you can supply the really good one. Exactly. But the thing is, is uh, on the industrial scale, constant uh, quality, that's the part uh, that uh, we took a lot, a lot of time in the last year and a half uh, validating is the re reliability of the, the system. Cool. I know that Christina had a special question for you regarding some of your uh, applications. <laughs> I actually thought that maybe I should have asked it before talking about the future when you were talking about the applications, but I just was wondering what your favorite project you've been involved with was. 
and I have a boat in mind, <laughs> but you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there are, there are a couple of projects that we did. One of them was the, the kayak, the prototype we built with a, a kayak manufacturer. Basically, what we did there was uh, functionalizing the epoxy resin that goes to build the kayaks. The same kind of epoxy that are used for boats, for aircrafts, for automotive, for a lot of applications. And we took the challenge to do that. We build uh, after we validate and show showcase in front of 500 people when we bring the kayak to Boston during our demo day with the U.S. Air Force and Techstars. Of course, it's, uh, it was a uh, a big moment for us, having four-star generals picking up and uh, seeing. Actually, we put person with only uh, a hand uh, hanging uh, the, the kayak with almost six meters, five meters and 75, with uh, nine kilograms full uh, equipment. Nine kilos? Yes, exactly. Typically, these kayaks uh, range higher in terms of weight, uh, higher than 12 kilograms. But because we were able to enhance the mechanical properties of this, the structure, the carbon fiber, the manufacturer was able to reduce the fiber because only one layer was enough to make the, the kayak. That's why the weight reduction was so drastic on the final prototype. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fact that a guy could just hold it over his head with one <laughs> hand. Actually, it was not a guy. Actually, it was a girl that uh, <laughs> from uh, the... <laughs> Apologies that's for good. making assumptions. Uh, wow. <laughs> assumptions. <Yeah. laughs> so that's the magic of graphene. That's very cool. The other project that uh, I'm, uh, well, one of the applications we developed was uh, a coating that can be applied to any kind of surface, flexible or rigid, to emit light. It's a kind of electroluminescence kind of system so can be used in uh, multiple surface uh, kind of systems and you just need a, a battery or some a very small amount of energy to light the area it's not a, like a spot it's not a led you can check on our linkedin we usually post some of our technologies that we develop for our customers the ones that we can publish of of course but there are a lot of things going on and some will be revolutionary cannot be so impactful like seeing the lightest kayak in the world or the, the light on the, any surface but uh, can change uh, the way we communicate the way we interact with other people and uh, that's what the goal of uh, graphness it changed the world one step of a time oh that's a lovely goal well done guys i was wondering because we've uh, we're coming towards the end of our recording and we've asked you so many questions you've been very kind and patient and explained to us what graphene is me and christina have no idea about materials other than what we hear from the people we interview so that's great but um since we've asked you so many things this is your chance to ask uh, not just us, but all of our listeners, anything you might want or need for GraphNest? Is there one wish you have? Are you looking for investment, customers, partners? What would you like to ask the world? 
Well, one of the things uh, I'm uh, personally publishing uh, in the next few days actually is a, a request for partnerships, investors, either research facilities, research institutes, or even other corporations. One of the applications or the properties we can obtain is the, as I said before, the gas barrier that can be applied to the masks for protection. We believe, of course, we don't have all the resources in terms of in the lab and, of course, the, the investment needed to, to do so. But we have a lot of fundamental early applied research to use the graphene inside the textile or the textile, non-textile kind that is used on the masks today. So it could be, could be a game changer for a more protective equipment for this and future pandemics. That's a call that we'll make. Of course, we continue. One of our priorities that we have right now is actually continue growing industrial relationships. Anyone that would like to learn more about our technology and would like to test and discuss a collaboration, we are open to it. So that's my ask for the world listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right well thank you very much for joining us today we'll put all of your contact information in the description thank you so much for joining us today and we'll talk to you soon thank you thanks for listening to start up the science if you like our show and want to know more about what we do check out our website at enam.berlin and don't forget to leave us a review until next time